wow, I'm also making you know name here at this top organization and they're recognizing me. And guess what, Andrew? One and a half years of doing that job, I realized I was running that race. And I was winning that race, interestingly, mm. but without asking myself, is this the race that I want to run? Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Valuation Masterclass Online, the complete, proven, step-by-step -step online course to guide you from novice to valuation expert. Podcast listeners can claim your amazing 35% discount by going to MyWorstInvestmentEver.com slash deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guests, BJ Gautam. BJ, are you ready to rock? Hey, Andrew, bring it on. I'm super, super excited to be on your show. Let's do this. All right. And I am really excited to have you. And let me tell the audience a little bit about you. So BJ is a co-founder of WYN Studio, a company that creates podcasts for brands. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up. This guy knows about podcasting and how it can build brands. So he hosts one of the top podcasts in India, The Inspiring Talk. On this podcast, he chats with top entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, thought leaders, and celebrities about their journey. As India's first podcast coach and consultant, he has coached over 100 people and helped over five organizations launch their podcasts. He has conducted podcast workshops and trainings across the country, reaching over 2,000 participants. He has been featured in various media and is a frequent speaker at conferences and events. But before all this began, BJ was working as a research scientist in a leading pharmaceutical company. He was clearly losing motivation and drive in his life. And that's when he started the inspiring talk. And within 15 months of starting his podcast, he quit his job to follow his passion about podcasting and inspiring people through his podcast. My goodness, BJ, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Thank you so much for that intro, Andrew. Yeah, as you mentioned, I was working as a research scientist for a pharmaceutical company, right? And that's when I realized this is not something that I want to do with my life. When I looked at people who were five years ahead of me in that career, right, who were 10 years ahead of me, and I couldn't see myself there. When I look, you know, even if I got promotions and all the raises and everything, year on year and if I reached that position in another five years or 10 years and I couldn't see myself being happy there and that's when I thought phew this is not something that I want to do with my life then what's the next thing that I want to do and that's when I started you know thinking hey wouldn't it be interesting to reach out to already successful people and ask them, hey, what's been your journey like? How did you figure out what you wanted to do in your life? Because I had no idea what I wanted to do next in my life. And that was the simple idea. I wanted to ask people how they figured things for themselves. So in doing so, maybe, just maybe, I can you know, find a blueprint to figure out what I want to do in my own life. So that's how I started reaching out to entrepreneurs, CEOs, thought leaders, and different people and started interviewing them 
for my podcast, The Inspiring Talk. And that's how I got into podcasting. And I love this medium so much. I always wanted to be radio jockey as a kid. And I'm sure most of us, the, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, if you have, you know, heard radios as a kid, I, I'm sure at one point of time, you wanted to be radio jockey, right? And I wanted to be the same as well. And, you know, I, I love this medium so much. And I thought, okay, boom, this is what I want to do next. So that's how I got into podcasting. And now I do podcast full time. I teach podcasting. And I now run a company that creates podcasts for brands and you know people who are looking at building their personal brands. So yeah. Mm. There's so much to that story. I mean, the first part of that story that I find interesting is that there's a lot of people, particularly in Asia, but across the world that are in jobs and careers that really aren't satisfying. And they may be there because their parents told them, study accounting, you can get a job mm. in that or whatever that is. But they yeah. find themselves in a situation, you know, that they're not satisfied with or happy with. And yours is an example of exploring outside of that to try to find where you can find your happiness. The second part. Absolutely. Of- and not only in Asia, it's like a global phenomena. And mm. I was looking at this research in US, 55% people said they are not happy with their job. And that's, that's more than half of the population. And that's, you know, kind of world that we are living in today. It's shocking. It's just shocking. And I would say the other part about your story is for those people who are listening and aren't satisfied with your job, you know, start exploring about what else you could do. And it may be podcasting, it may be something else, but explore and explore why you got your job, looking around, and then try to find some area where you could try to build something and build something new. In my teaching, for instance, about finance and stuff, I get a lot of people that are engineers that say, I want to move into finance, and they do that. So, you know, number one is explore. And then the other last thing I'd just say is that the world of podcasting, you know, what's so interesting about your story is that you started a podcast to try to answer a question that you had. And that is, what should I do? You know, and you started asking other people, what do you do? And that is, you know, the opportunity in podcasts is just endless by being able to ask just that question. You could ask that question to a thousand people over five years and you would actually become a massive expert in that area. So, wow, a lot to your story. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, so I mentioned about becoming an RJ and how passionate I was about the audio or being just in media because when I was growing up as a kid, every single function at my school, I was the guy who would be up there on stage hosting the program, who is leading the, you know, different divisions that, you know, they used to create in school, whether that's for different competitions, whether that's for just building a kind of community, a team in the school. And I used to participate in all these debate competitions and all these speech comp- competitions. And I was that guy who always loved talking and being in front of people. And so for me, naturally, I knew that I need to study media. I need to go and study communication and media and get into this medium of being RJ or being a television presenter or anything that has got to do with, you know, going out there, putting your face out there and talking. And when I completed my high school and when I was thinking about what do I want to study at my college, and that's when 
I spoke to a couple of people asking, hey, what do you think that the media as a career has got opportunities in the future? And the people whom I went to ask for the advice are not the people who comes from media background or who has any idea what they are talking about. And these people went on to tell me that, hey, you know what? Media is now going down. This is not a good career option for you to opt in. And you cannot make a lot of money if you go into media. So it's better that you pick something which is hot. And that's how I got into pharmacy because a lot of people told, you know what, this is a pharmacy is really hot and it's opening up big time. Now there are a lot of, you know, pharmacist jobs, you know, being created every year. So you should go and study pharmacy. And that's how I got into pharmacy. I invested my four years. I invested all the amount, you know, that I had all the money that I had to study something, study pharmacy. And I did that for four years. And when I was doing that, I started feeling that this is not something I wanted to do at the end of, you know, fourth year of my college. And when I started job within the first year, and this is the interesting thing, even when I was studying pharmacy, I was topping college. I was, you know, getting scholarship for, you know, getting good number. I was being awarded as the best student of pharmacy. And at the final year, I got placed at the top pharmaceutical company in India. And now for the outside world, it seemed like a success. This guy made it, right? And for me as well, at one point of time, I thought, you know what, I'm topping, I'm getting all these scholarships. I made it. Now this is what I wanted to do. I felt that. And even on the job, on the first year itself, I got awarded, recognized as most promising candidate for our organization. And that also said, Wow, I'm also making you know name here at this top organization and they're recognizing me. And guess what, Andrew? One and a half years of doing that job, I realized I was running that race. And I was winning that race, interestingly, mm. but without asking myself, is this the race that I want to run? And that's something that I did for seven years. Wow. So my worst investment would be the amount that I invested for my college education and the seven years that I wasted to do something without realizing this is what I want to do, without asking myself, is this truly what I want to do? Is this truly what, you know, what will make me happy in my life? And that you know, would be the worst investment. But here's the interesting thing. I called it quit after investing seven years, saying that screw the seven years that I have wasted, but I don't want to be here and waste another 70 just because I wasted seven, which mm. in fact, a lot of people do because they have wasted, oh my God, I have put in seven years of time, efforts, energy and amount and money, everything to do this thing. And, you know, but how can I now quit this and, you know, try something totally new. But for me, I didn't wait for 17 or 70 or 27 years to just have that realization and take that action. I did that, but still the worst investment for me was to go to the college and study something that I had no idea I wanted to do and I loved it. And then, you know, taking up that job. So that, that would be the worst investment, Andrew. Yep. And let me ask you just before we go on to the next question, I just want to go back to your story. And I want to think about kind of your low point in those seven years. 
And that, that was the point that you hadn't yet decided to leave, but you also kind of were really starting to realize that this was the wrong place. And I want you to think about, you know, there's a lot of people, if, we, if you said the statistic that you said about people being unhappy in their jobs, which I think is very true, think about that person that's at that point. Can you just describe what was it like to be in this period of time where you, you knew you probably, you know, when you finally realized that you really weren't where you should be? So I would define that period as the frustration. So I think that would be the most prominent emotion that I felt at that point of time. Yep. So I was frustrated with myself. I was frustrated with the environment. And more so, the environment that I was, or the organization that I was working was, was full of other frustrated people. And when you are in that company of people who are frustrated, the negativity is something you, know, you are surrounded with. And when you are surrounded with negativity, when you are surrounded with people who are complaining, and it's not saying that I'm not complaining, I am mm. also part of that, yeah. you know, that group of people who are complaining and frustrated. So when that frustration started hitting, I remember how uncomfortable I was. I remember how much you know, discomfort I was in wanting to do something in my life, but have no clue what I want to do next in my life. And I also felt stuck. I, mm. I saw no way out there because the only thing that I ever knew was to become a research scientist, to be there in the lab and work there. But I yeah. had no idea what's the next thing that I want to do. So I was frustrated and I felt stuck and I had no idea what I wanted to do next. So yeah, those are Got the it. feelings that I felt. And I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to the feeling where you see that there is no way out there. You feel stuck and you cannot do anything. And none of the options you know, seems to be working and can get you excited. And you really feel like, damn. Yep. Where am I and what am I doing? So that's exactly yeah. how I felt. And, and I think the other thing I would add to that is that other people may not be very helpful in that situation because, you know, your parents may say, well, you've studied in that, you know, learn how to do it. Or even in my case with my own father at the time when, when I was younger, you know, he would be like, suck it up. I've had years where I didn't enjoy my job. And you can get a yeah. lot of different feedback so that may true. not help, you know. So true. And in Asia, parents has got a lot of control over their kids. And what's more even interesting to that story, Andrew, is since that you have mentioned about, you know, not other people helping, my parents wanted me to go and do masters in US in pharmacy. And here I am, I have wasted my six years of my life doing two years of job, four years of my college degree. And my parents want me to go to, you know, US and waste another two years for master, waste a lot of money for college education in US and do the same thing that I hate and do the thing that I don't like. So mm. I, I so agree with you that people do not understand what you are trying to do. And now imagine you saying that I want to, you know, kick the seven years that I have wasted and want to do something, want to start fresh. So mm. obviously that is not something a lot of people in your network would understand. They would say you have gone crazy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So what lessons did you learn from this experience? So one of the things, one of the most important lesson when I look back at and when I was just, you know, thinking about what probably would be the biggest takeaway for me when I look at the entire life journey of mine is the most important one would be don't take advice from someone who has not walked the path that you want to walk. 
So <laughs> if you remember, I went and asked to a couple of seniors in my you know, high school seniors or you know, the people who were just getting started with their college, but they had no idea about the media or the, any of the field. So I just went and took their advice and you know, just lived by it. But if I had gone to somebody who has walked that path, somebody who was in that field, then maybe they would have guided me better. So that's one. And second one would be, I always knew, as I mentioned as a kid, that I wanted to go and study media. So probably if I had followed my gut without thinking about if I'm going to make a lot of money, if this thing has got a you know, lot of career choices, if I'm going to make it big in this or not, if I had followed my own gut, so I think mm. sometimes it's very important for you to hear or listen to your own heart and listen to your gut and just go with it without you know, listening to a lot of people. So these would be two key takeaways for me when I look back at that story. Great. Okay, let me summarize what I took away from it and see if I, if I missed anything. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was the sunk cost fallacy. And we have this fallacy in investing and just in life. And that is because you've sunk time money, energy into something, in this case, seven years, we oftentimes are very slow to let go of that. And so the reality is though, what is gone and done is already gone and done. And so in the case of investing, a lot of times, you know, to deal with sunk costs fallacy, let's say you own a stock and it was at 100 when you bought it and it goes down to, let's say, 80 or 60 or 40 and it goes down, you know, the question that you have to ask yourself is if knowing what I know now about this company, would I buy it today at this price? And it helps us to kind of get zero-based thinking to say, imagine I did not invest those seven years, what would I do? And this is Mm. a very helpful tool to try to break free from the sunk cost fallacy. The second thing that I take away from this that I, I'd mentioned about is that, you know, it's kind of interesting because when I looked at my own self when I was younger studying in university, I never asked the question, you know, are there good career prospects in this particular area I was studying? I never even brought that into my consciousness when I was choosing my major. And, mm-hmm. you know, on the one hand, you could say, well, it probably would have been a smart thing to do. But on the other hand, maybe it's just a distraction. Maybe you know, the fact is, is that find a place that you really enjoy what you're doing and build your little area in that spot and don't worry about, you know, the overall industry. And so that's something that kind of made me think. And then the last one is that I've been in situations, as I'm sure many of the listeners have, where you find yourself talking about negative things and you find yourself complaining. And I found myself many years ago in job constantly telling people that I was busy, I was so busy and I was very stressed and all that. And I kept repeating this when people would ask me how's work and all that. And what I ended up doing is designing somewhat of a mantra that I said each morning. And that mantra was one of the things that I said was all my words are positive. Mm-hmm. And I repeated that every single day and I repeated it some days many times until it created a little radar in me so that when I was not speaking in positive words, I knew it. And therefore, I stopped speaking negative words. I tried to only speak positive. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's positive in life, but I believe that just spilling out lots of negative just doesn't necessarily solve the problem. So if somebody is stuck in a situation where everybody is negative, you know, try chanting to yourself every morning, 
all my words are positive. And you do that every single morning, maybe two or three or five times a day, and then do that for a couple of months. And you'll find that it really does change your thinking and it helps you to, to understand the environment. So those True. are my takeaways. Anything else you'd add? I think you have summarized those very nicely, Andrew. Yeah, I think in summary, those would be some of the key takeaways from the story. Okay. So based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? One action. So I would like them to stop and ask themselves one question. Ask yourself, is this the investment that I really wanted to make? Whether that's the investment in your relationship that you are in, or whether that's the investment of time that you are putting in, or whether that's the you know, financial investment that you are making in something, or investment that you are making in people. Just stop and ask yourself, is this really the investment that I wanted to make in my life? Is really this investment going to help me in the dreams or goals that I have? And if the answer is no, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's not easy when you have the answer no for the investment that you have been making for a while or the biggest investment that you have made. I know it's difficult to move on from that situation. But I think that's the right thing to do for your own happiness, for your peace of mind. So go ahead and ask yourself, is this really the investment that I want to make in my life? Great, great question. All right, well now it's my last question for you. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Woohoo! So I'm <laughs> super excited about, you know, you mentioned on the introduction about the WIN Studio. We have started WIN Studio back in November. You know, it's, it's just still a tiny little organization, but for us, you know, our goal with that organization, not for this year, Obviously, I mean, it would be too unrealistic if I say we want to become you know, number one podcast company in India, but that's eventually the goal that we are trying to chase. We are looking at creating some of the amazing shows that people would want to listen to and hear some of the beautiful stories to share. So for this year, I would say just laying the foundation to build a great company. So that's really something that's exciting me for the next you know, 12 months. Great. And I'm going to put everything in the show notes. So anybody listening that wants to follow that story, get involved, use the services of BJ, make sure you go there. So listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, BJ, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I want to congratulate you for being one of the brave ones who has turned your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed being on the show and love the insights that you yourself bring and the kind of person that you are. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed having this conversation. And for listeners, don't forget to ask that question to yourself. Beautiful, beautiful. Have a good one. Thank you for all those good words. And particularly, I loved how BJ said, before he said, ask the question, he said the word stop. And I think that that's an important thing in our life is just stop sometimes and then ask that question. So that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.